I'm Keely Duncan, and you are listening to the Strong and Beautiful Women podcast, where strong and beautiful women share their stories. I want you to listen, be inspired, and believe in your own strength and beauty, because I believe we are all so strong, so beautiful, and so much more. About a month ago, when I started planning podcast guests, I had no idea who to have, and you know, I've had about three people, the ones you've heard already, and I started to think big picture, and how can I make this podcast last, and keep it going, and have really important and cool people on, and I felt like God was telling me to look in my contacts. I knew more people than I was realizing. So as I'm scrolling through, I get to the S's, I knew Suzanne King was who God was pointing me to. I reached out to her, only knowing she had adopted a baby last year, but once we got talking, I soon realized she had such a beautiful story to tell, and I knew she had to come on. So after moving to Nashville, getting married, then a change of career, and I moved to Florida, all within the first six months of her marriage, Suzanne felt the spirit nudging her to adopt. Luckily, her husband was, in Suzanne's words, meant to be a dad, and was totally on board, but unfortunately, not everyone else was quite yet. Suzanne, thank you so much for being here. I'm so glad you're here to tell your story of adoption. It's a beautiful one, and I just can't wait for people to hear it. Well, thank you so much, Keely, for having me. I'm just honored and so excited to talk to you. Yes, absolutely, and you just have such a special story, so many cool behind-the-scenes things that I didn't know about, and it's just going to be great. So, Tell me this, you have a couple of moves, a career change, you just got married like six months before, and you feel, you're like, it sounds crazy. Um, yes, you feel, we're, we're crazy. That's just... <laughs> aren't we all? Aren't we all? Um, but you're, you feel like this need and this pull to adopt. How did, how did that come to be? Um, how'd you come to that conclusion? Is that something you guys were planning on doing was adopting right away? Well, initially, no. Um, My husband and I had kind of talked about adoption in the future, maybe have a couple kids and then adopt and see where we are in life. And um, I have a few family members that have joined our family through adoption and a couple of cousins that have adopted a little girl. Um, So it was something I grew up seeing and watching, and thankfully, Jason has grown up seeing a lot of my family, so he was very aware of the process, too, and has been around a lot of different foster care systems um, with his dad's job, so it has been really neat to see how God had been preparing our hearts um, for this time, so we had moved to Florida. He was a youth minister. I was staying at home and it was around October of 2016. So we'd been married about six months. We got married in March. And so not the ideal time you would normally think about children, much less adopting one. So um, in October, I can't describe it as a dream. I just have to describe it as a vision because I don't remember waking up and thinking, wow, that was a crazy dream or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I just know it was the Holy Spirit giving me this image. And it was me and Jason and a baby that did not look like us. And the baby was blurred out. um, But from what I could tell, the baby was darker than us. And so we're thinking, all right, you know, it's a different ethnicity. Um, So 
I kind of sat on it for a little while and then the image just was not going away. And so I told Jason like, all right, this is not leaving my brain. Um, what do you think about this? Am I crazy? And he said, well, you know what, let's just pray about it and see if this is really where God is leading us. Cause obviously it's adoption. So we prayed on it for a few weeks and still wasn't going away for the both of us. And we decided to research and just kind of see what was out there being in Florida in a new town. We were not familiar with Florida laws or anything like that. So we started researching and, um, came up with Christian adoption consultants that just kept on coming up on Google and we never thought, wow, okay, we're going to hire a consultant. That was never something that we thought would be an option. Um, I never even heard of it. So we started researching with them and it was really cool. I know this was God. I'm scrolling down, looking at all the different consultants and they had the biographies and the names and the pictures and one woman just stood out to me. She lived a couple hours north of us and her and her husband had adopted two children. Her husband is a youth pastor and she was a speech pathologist, which was my major in college. And, um, so I just reached out to her thinking, well, you know, we can relate on different levels. And so I emailed her and she called me back and we talked for, I think two hours of just, Yeah, it was incredible, and it was immediate connection, and she's telling me all about Christian Adoption Consultants, or CAC for short, and what they do, what they provide, but then it was connecting on the deeper level of our passion for adoption, and why her and her husband decided to adopt, and um, just their life, and how she wants to help others, and so it was absolutely amazing, and I hung up with her and looked at Jason. I was like, we have to sign with them. This is such a neat company. So you felt like it was just meant to be. And that was just like a for sure sign, right? Exactly. I just felt so much peace after talking with her and thinking, okay, this is something that we could actually do. So like maybe this isn't so crazy. We can do this. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So, um, We signed on working with them, started the process, and they're a really cool company to where they work with a bunch of agencies and lawyers along with home study agencies. I mean, everything you can think of that you have to do to adopt, they're going to walk you through it, and they're going to give you recommendations. They are going to connect you with people that they have relationships with and kind of help you through the whole process, and so... I mean, overall, big picture, that was a lifesaver for us because especially being in a new place, we had no clue what we were getting into. Mm-hmm. And so, they were a one-stop shop. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. And they have a really neat philosophy where they say, you know, you could sign up with one agency and the process take two, two and a half years or sign up with us and we're going to connect you with multiple agencies and multiple lawyers and doing that you can see what fits best for you and your timeline is going to be shorter mm-hmm. so that was really neat also because we didn't know what we were thinking are we gonna have a baby within six months or three years it's an adoption is so unique in that way it's just different for everyone so 
yeah yeah they um were great people to work with that's awesome and so um talk about like you telling your family and friends that after all this change we (laughs) are going to adopt um so is everybody on board with that um yes and no um I say yes, because they were excited, you know, thinking that, especially our parents thinking we're going to have a grandbaby. And on my side, Beckham is the first grandchild. So Mm -hmm. that in itself is just a whole ordeal, but it's wonderful. Um, No, because there were people that, you know, we're just concerned about the financial aspect. Mm -hmm. And we're very grateful for those people where they felt comfortable in saying, you know, we're really concerned and we're just wondering, like, is this something you're just going to try to jump into after you've done all these changes? You're kind of on a high right now. Let's, let's bring you back down to earth a little bit. And that was hard because um, one of the things I guess I struggle with is people just affirming my decisions. And I feel like I'm making the right decision if I hear a bunch of people go, yes, 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 this is the right thing. So I really struggle with all I hear is God telling me to do this and a bunch of these other people are kind of on the other side. So that was scary. Um, and for a while I didn't take it very well, but it just, it made me grow more as a Christian and realizing that, you know, God is going to call you to things that not everyone's going to be okay with. And that's okay in itself. Um, he called the disciples to do radical, crazy things. And um, mm-hmm. so we're trying to live that out, I guess. Yeah. And I'm sure that was so frustrating that people just didn't really understand your vision and what you feel God had placed on your heart and in your heart and just the Holy Spirit tugging you. And then you've got these people saying like, well, like we think you're a little like off your rocker. I'm sure that was so frustrating. <laughs> Yes, and there were definitely things that were hurtful said to us, and, um, you know, I remember I was told, if you want to have a baby so bad, why don't you just get pregnant, and Mm -hmm. that was, that was very hurtful, because here I am saying, "I, I feel like we're supposed to do this, I know God is telling us to do this, and just on a different level, besides just me and Jason, just as a woman, where you have the feeling of, you're supposed to have a baby and we felt like this is supposed to, this is the way we're supposed to have our first child and someone telling you that it cut deep um but at, in the end of the day it was all worth it and those majority of those people who did have a difficult time um they now adore Beckham and they have seen the whole process and they're like wow th- this really can happen and this is okay. So, yeah. And even just on another note, I think you told me that people just assumed that you were infertile because you wanted to adopt first, right? Yes. And that's not the case that you know of. No, no, not that I know. (laughs) Um, we had actually approached someone that, you know, we're very, very close with and we wanted their support. Um, and they're just, they were important in our lives. And we say, you know, we want you to know this. And the first thing after we tell them, we've signed up with this wonderful company and we're starting the process. And they look at me and say, so I assume you can't have children. 
and oh no oh, a lot so of things are in my head going do i just laugh this off i mean do i it, tell him how inappropriate this is <laughs> yes and jason's sitting over there thinking okay well how, how do i protect my wife in this scenario and on the other side what if i had just been told that no i, I can't have children exactly and i'm dealing with that and then you bring that up so just yes if you're ever speaking to a woman who is yes. trying to don't say that just don't even go there um and if you if you're wondering really wondering saying how can i pray for you that's one thing but just the assuming different story mm -hmm. and let me just go ahead and say on the other side also just don't ask when people are having kids. That's, no. that's a very no. personal decision. It's a huge life decision. And especially if you're not close with that person, like, I mean, like family close, let's just wait until they come to you either asking for prayer or to tell you the exciting news that they're bringing a baby in, whether, um, you know, through adoption or, or just getting to have one personally. So... Yes. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Let's just make that known. Oh my goodness. And okay. But because there were people who were very important to you who were like a little bit, you know, questioning your decision, you guys um, decided to freeze it. Yes. Um, there was one day that was really difficult for me. I'd been told by two people um, that I love and care for a lot, just in kind of like, why don't you just hang back? And again, it just, it kept cutting me and I, I just wanted to scream. Like, I know we're supposed to do this. I'm so excited about it. I'm so, so excited. And to say, you know, why don't you just wait a second and not, maybe not tell anyone yet when this is something we want to scream. Um, so I came home and I just looked at Jason and said, I need, I need to take a break. I need to take a step back. Um, I don't feel like this is right right now. And so um, he called our consultant and spoke to her on behalf of me and which I really appreciated. He was so good at understanding. And so was our consultant, Leah. She was fabulous. And she said, you know, this happens to everybody. This really does. This is not uncommon. So that was also good to hear because. Yeah. You're I getting that with, validation again. Exactly. And with adoption in general, especially what I post you know, on social media, it's a lot of rainbows and happiness and you don't want to talk about the hard days where mm -hmm. either people are not supporting you or you are told no by somebody you know those type of things you don't want to put out there so right. um yeah we froze it and then that was the end of November and we go through the holidays we go through Christmas we go home for Christmas and the whole time it's still it's still there we know we're supposed to do it um but yeah so what made you off. decide what made you decide to unfreeze it so we were in a temporary living situation with my husband's church and we were then told that we were going to have a permanent living situation and gotcha. I didn't know it at the time. Jason came home one day and said, all right, we were just like, this is for real. Like we get to stay here. Um, I think we need to start it. I think this is God telling us that we can start the adoption again. I said, okay, if, if you're ready, then I'm ready. So we called Leah back. 
said unfreeze it and ball started rolling and we announced it um on social media which was easier than calling people because when you got family and friends everywhere it's just easier and announce it that way and we started fundraising and started our home study process which that just meant paperwork on paperwork on paperwork mm-hmm. and then we started realizing okay we we got to get our finances down and by that this point I was working I was teaching and um, that was helpful and we started talking to our social worker who um, turned out she was a wonderful Christian lady so social workers are awesome I know it's probably a crazy thing to say because they're scary to some people but um, we had a beautiful experience so the timeline of it with home studies I'll get into real quick Um, it takes anywhere from three to six months to finish a home study which a home study is Someone coming into your, a social worker coming into your home and talking to you about everything in your life. I mean, I was saying when my dad graduated high school, when my mom graduated high school, when they got married, what my brother does for a career, who his wife is. I mean, everything you can think of, we had to put it on paper and tell this person. So that was, I mean, she now knows everything about us. (laughs) There's no secrets. And then they come in and look at your home and see if it's adequate to bring a baby into, which is intimidating. Mm -hmm. I was cleaning like crazy and making sure that anything that like cleaning supplies were up high in a locked cabinet and we had to get a fire extinguisher. I mean, all sorts of stuff. So yeah, a lot to prepare for. And um, they book it about a month. I'm sorry, they booked the appointment about a month ahead of time. So we're thinking, okay, we'll book it. We'll make sure that we have the money um, to pay because we had to give her a check, you know, the day of. Well, we got home from Winterfest with our teenagers. And the next day, I look at Jason. We kind of figure out, all right, we're ready to go. I'll call her. So I call her social worker. Hey, you know, can we book some time in March? And she said, actually, I have a cancellation. I can come next Monday. I'll just go ahead and put you on the calendar. <laughs> and I was like, Ugh. A week? I'm, I'm sorry? Week? <laughs> yeah, it was a week. And so I hung up and looked at Jason and said, we have to come up with this money in seven days. And he laughed. Yeah. And said, okay, well, this is really when we're going to trust God and this is going to be a big test for us. So we just prayed and prayed and prayed. I mean, that was all we could do. So she came the next week. It was a great time. Um, Spent about two hours with her and we gave her the check and just grit our teeth and she leaves. So the next day we knew the check was going to be cashed. And this story still gives me chills because we can't have an explanation for it. But Jason calls me from work and says, hey, um, there's an extra $400 in our account. I said, oh, okay. You know, (laughs) did you get paid more? And he said, no, like, I can't figure out where this money came from. Can you look at it? So I'm looking at it and we're both looking at at the same time. We're talking back and forth. We're saying like, I have no clue where this money came from. He said, well, can you please call the bank? So I called the bank said, hey, 
where did this money come from? Because we didn't get notifications. We didn't get emails that money had, extra money had been put in our account. And they said, oh, well, let us look. And there was no trail to this extra $400. So they could cool. not figure out where it came from. And if it weren't for that $400, we would have been $100 in the hole because that check was being cashed. Yeah. Wow. I so, love that story. Love that. I mean, it's incredible. It's just wild. And so to this day, like we have no clue where this random money came mm. from. I mean, God, that's, that's all we can yeah. say is God yeah. put the money in our account. Yeah. And I know that you even mentioned to me, um, that when you were talking with Leah from CAC, she was telling you stories of like things like this happening with couples where checks will just kind of come out of nowhere. And I think you said you were a little skeptical, like, okay, was that going to be my story or, you know, what's it going to look like for me? And here it is happening to you. Um, you have this mystery money put in your account. That's crazy. Yeah. And you definitely don't want to jump into something thinking, Oh, God's going to take care of it. He don't worry. He's going to put money in our account. Like you don't think that. Yeah. People with like really strong faith, I guess do, but I mean, yes. you still have those doubts in the back of your mind. And this was also a lesson because we were told at the very beginning when we were telling our our closest friends who um, are my cousins that adopt a little girl. I remember uh, my cousin Megan said, you are be- being obedient to the Lord because there is a verse that says true and undefiled religion is taking care of the widows and orphans. She said, you are taking care of an orphan the way you feel like you're supposed to, or the way you know that God is telling you to do this. And if you're being obedient to him, he is going to take care of you in that obedience and he's mm-hmm. going to make it happen. Absolutely. So you just need to trust in that process. And Leah was saying the same thing. You know, she's like, I had things that were happening to us where we had random money given to us, or I have so many clients that I can tell you their stories where so-and-so didn't know where this money was coming from. And it was all about trusting in finances. And that is so scary in this world. Yes, it is. We don't think that God is going to take care of finances like that. We pray for miracles, but I feel like we don't really pray for the financial miracles as much. Mm -hmm. So this was God teaching us that lesson for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And what a wise cousin you have. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. She's pretty great. Awesome. Okay, so not too long after this, you're in the process, um, and you don't care necessarily um, where the baby comes from. You just, you know, you just don't, you don't really know yet. You don't have anything else. But then your mom comes to visit you, and she's like, I found this guy on the internet. Tell us about that. (laughs) Yes. So we start out the process thinking, we don't care what the baby looks like. We don't care if it's a boy or a girl. We just know we're supposed to do this. And um, so backtracking a little bit, sorry, um, Jason had watched my cousin's adopt little girl. And she is from the Marshall Islands. Beautiful little island baby. Looks just like Moana. Mm-hmm. And he had always kind of said, I just want a baby Libby. That, that would be so cool if we got a baby Libby. And I'm thinking, how are we going to get another baby Libby? <laughs> I have no idea. And um, lawyers are known to be, like, extremely expensive. So I said, we're not even going to go there. And we both agreed that whatever God 
um, wanted us to do, we were going to do whatever child that we get is, is the one that we're supposed to have. So we're open to anything and everything. Well, my mom had knew how much we did love the Marshallese culture and people. So she came to Florida on a visit and we're sitting at breakfast and she says, okay, um, so I need to tell you, I found this guy. And I was like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> he's a lawyer and he only works with Marshallese people. I was like, what do you mean? And she said, he, he works with Marshallese clients and he works with birth moms who come to the U S and he used to be missionary there. So he's fluent in the language and he's this really neat guy. I said, mom, how did you find him? Oh, Google. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh my goodness. Uh, well, this doesn't sound sketchy at all. Yeah. <laughs> and she said, no, 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 it's great. I found a bunch of blogs about him and everyone raves about him. Here's this information and you're supposed to text him. I said, excuse me? She should have no. texted this lawyer I found on Google. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I'm so thinking, mom, oh my word. But this was God using my mother. 100%. So guys, listen to your mom. <laughs> she, she says, this is his information. And all the blogs that I've seen is they say the best way to contact him is through text message because he's super busy. And I said, um, I'm not quite comfortable with that. But if you really want me to, I'll email him. So write up this email, email the guy and wait. So about a week later, we're still talking to different agencies and lawyers. By this point, we were home study approved. This was early May. And um, so at this point, we're like, all right, let's get the ball rolling for real this time. And now that we're official, we can have a baby in our home. So we're all excited about that. And so we're talking to a bunch of people. And so a week later, after I emailed this lawyer, mom calls and said, have you heard from him? No. <laughs> Honey, you just need to text him. Mom, I don't feel comfortable texting him. We'll just call him and leave him a voicemail. And then after that, then text him. Okay, Mom. So I call him and leave him a voicemail. This was a Thursday. So we go throughout the weekend. Um, fast forward to Monday. We were talking to another agency, wonderful agency also. We had set up an appointment with them the next day to do an interview with Jason and I. And then Jason and I go grocery shopping. We end up getting in a fight and we get home. So we're aggravated at each other. I'm in one room. He's in a living room. This is marriage though. That's Yes, <laughs> exactly. This is all marriage. So I'm looking at my phone for something. I see an Arizona number calling. I'm like, hello. And he says, hello, this is Paul Peterson. I said, yes. And he says, um, you know, I got your voice. And I'm thinking, oh, this is the lawyer. Who's Paul? He's real. <laughs> yeah. So I said, hi, so nice to meet you, I guess. And he says, who do I have to thank to give you my information? I said, well, my mom found you on Google. And he <laughs>, laughs. He said, well, I haven't heard that one because I'm pretty much word of mouth at this point. So he's laughing about that. And we just kind of have the conversation of, so are y'all home city approved? What are you looking for? Um, tell me a little about you and your husband. And then I'm asking him questions of, you know, how long have you been doing this? Blah, blah, blah. And I feel like the basic get to know you questions for adoption. Mm -hmm. So then he kind of cuts off and says, wait a second, you're home city approved. Yes. You have no other children? No. 
I think I have a birth mom for you. I bust out of the bedroom, pull <laughs> over to the dining room table, and I find this piece of paper, and I just put Marshallese birth mom, Arizona, and I throw it at Jason. <laughs> he looks at me wide-eyed and goes, put him on speakerphone. He's so like, I want that too. Yes. He's like, what are, what are you talking about? So but at this point, as I'm running and writing this note, Paul was telling me about this birth mother and the situation. So I said, can you please repeat everything you just said to my husband? And he said, yes, but I need you to email me your profile book through PDF right now. Mm -hmm. That's a funny story because we are recommended by Leah to do this specific profile book through um, one programming system. And, you know, kind of think of making a book about yourself. You could do Shutterfly, which you put a bunch of pictures on. But Shutterfly, I guess, will not let you get the book on PDF. Or there's something, okay. I don't know. I, I don't want to say the wrong thing. But there's a way where it's very difficult to get it online. And you can't but really But this program would. Yes. That you use. So you had it and in PDF. And this program was so hard. Yeah. <laughs> it took me hours. So I'm already aggravated going, I don't like this at all. But... It worked out because it was the one program that lets you email over PDF. <laughs> That's what we needed. <laughs> so I email it to him and he's talking to Jason and they're going over, you know, financial stuff, all that stuff that we love so much. And um, he's, you know, ending our, our conversation and just says, all right, I'll get this to her today or tomorrow. And um, her one specific request was she wanted a family that didn't have children yet. So that was why he immediately said, wait a second, you know, I, I think I can match you with her. So we send it over to him. We're about to hang up. And then I think, wait a second, is it a boy or a girl? Do you mind if I ask that? And he said, oh, it's a boy. He's due July 3rd. Oh my gosh. <laughs> our hearts just leap because this is May 24th and it's like the end babies, of May. Yes. <laughs> And we're being told that our potential baby is due July 3rd. So we're freaking out. Oh, and then by the way, it's a boy. Yeah. So <laughs> something that you build up to and like you may do a gender reveal party is so quick to say for us. And so we hung up and I'm jumping up and down. Jason's trying to be calm thinking like she could say no. She could say no. This is, this is reality of it, but I'm freaking out. So we just got on our knees and prayed. And said, you know, God, this is what's supposed to happen. Please let it work out. And if it's not supposed to happen, please shut this door as fast as you can. Because we don't want to get our hopes up and kind of get the ball rolling for something that's not going to work out down the road. So we called just our parents and said, you know, please pray. And then the next morning, I I would get up earlier. And so I groggily check my phone and check my email at 6 a.m. And I had an email from our lawyer saying, um, I just want to let you know that she has picked you and your husband. Congratulations. I start screaming. Yeah. And poor Jason freaks out thinking that someone had broke into the house. And I was like, no, 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 no. She picked us. She picked us. And so fast. I, yes. Yeah. So fast. I'm just teary eyed. And then, I'm getting ready to go to school that morning and thinking, there's no way I can concentrate. <laughs> I just got told we're having a baby in a month. And then I think about it. And when I, I realized that when I had the vision, which was October, 2016, I did the math 
October 2016 was when he started growing in his birth mother's stomach. Yeah. That was when God put him in there. And just wow. thinking, okay, God is telling me there's a baby growing right now for you and Jason. So, again, chills. Yeah, I have chills. <laughs> and it's just crazy. So, like, at the exact same, like, the same month, you are getting a vision of you're supposed to be adopting your baby that you guys would get was being conceived. Yeah. So crazy. Yeah. So crazy. And then, um, so that left you guys with what, like a month to prepare. And yes. so what's that look like? I mean, cause it's not like you guys had time to register or like get anything together. And you're also trying to plan for your trip out to Arizona where he would be born. What does that look like for you guys? Well, it, we quickly learned the lesson that you don't need all the things when you have a baby. Yeah. <laughs> Which is I like, mean, we all want all the things. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I didn't have a nursery. We did not have a nursery for him. We didn't have a place for him to sleep. And so we're just thinking, okay, what are the necessities? And mm-hmm. God is so cool because people came out of nowhere. I actually had a mother of a little boy that I taught who is now a dear friend. She said, Oh, well, listen, I have a rock and play and I have a, um, I mean, just anything you can think of. She had all the necessities. She said, you can just borrow it and just let me know when he grows out of it and give it back. And I said, okay. (laughs) And I'm, I'm, we're just constantly saying thank you to these people that are saying, oh, I have this. Oh, I have that. Or our sweet teenagers. I remember I would get phone calls from the girls saying, hey, I'm at Target. I think I'm going to get the baby, these things, and I'm going to get them passies, and I'm getting, and so it was so fun, and just so special to yeah. quickly prepare, um, but then on the other side, yes, we had to get to Arizona, so we found out that he was going to be born in Mesa, which is right outside of Phoenix, and we're thinking, well, we don't know anyone in Arizona, and then Jason remembered the youth minister that he took over for at our church in Florida, he moved out to Arizona with his wife. So he said, you know, I wonder where Joel and Ann are. And um, I said, oh, I'll look it up. And so I look up his Facebook. I said, Jason, he works at a church in Mesa. That is so cool. And we're thinking, wow, it'd be really great to see them because him and Jason stayed in touch throughout the year. And so he contacts him and said, hey, just want to let you know, like, we're going to be in town in a month. We're adopting our son. And he said, oh, where are y'all staying? And we said, well, we don't know yet. We're still trying to figure all that out. And he said, you need to stay with me and Ann. You need to stay with us. We have a room. And what was so crazy is they were due for a baby that was born a week to the day before Beckham. No. So their house would have been like madness. That's what we thought. We're thinking, are they they sure they want us there? (laughs) We're going to have two newborns (laughs) under one roof. That's so very generous of them. I can't imagine having a newborn and being like, come on, stay with me. Oh, I know. It was incredible. I mean, they're just so giving and so wonderful. And then he told the church that we are coming. And one of the elders said, hey, I have a card that they can use. Oh. And then one of the secretaries, I think she gave us her one of her grandkids car seats that he grew out of. So we had a car seat. We had a car. I mean, all these things that you have to worry about we're just there waiting for us and that was absolutely incredible so it was um, also incredible because you guys didn't know how long you would be out there um because it takes a while you can't just get the baby and come home 
exactly. And a lot of people think that and in reality, there is something called ICPC, which is basically the legal terms for a state releasing the baby to go to another state and then that state accepting the baby along with the birth mother having a time where essentially she has a certain amount of time to change her mind mm. and which I think is great for all birth mothers because that's a lot going on. That's so much going on. I mean, we felt like we were having a hard time. I mean, I cannot imagine being any birth mother doing this. So it really is a good thing. So each state is different. Arizona, they give the birth mother 72 hours. So we knew that we were going to have to stay at least three to four days. Mm -hmm. um, and then once that is over with, then the official ICPC transfer starts. And so that's when we're working with um, I'm sorry, our lawyer is working with Arizona, and then we had a lawyer out in Florida who's working with the Florida people, so we're, there was a lot of back and forthness that we were waiting on. So yeah, I mean, Joel and Ann allowing people in their home for an extended amount of time that we didn't know. We said, I mean, it could be anywhere to up to two weeks, and they said, okay, bring it on. We have a meal train, so we're just adding you both to it, so we got food. So that was kind. absolutely incredible. So, so kind. They're great. And then the next week, after we're preparing all this, we find out that Beckham is now born, or he's due, June 27th, so about a week earlier. So we probably had overall about four weeks to prepare for him. Ooh, wow. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Which Jason now says, I cannot imagine you being pregnant for nine months and waiting <laughs> that long. <laughs> yeah, he got like the express express version. He did, and he had a blast. Yeah, so. <laughs> he was like, this is nice. Yes. Oh, my word. Okay, so tell me about, so since you knew the day um, he was scheduled to be born, you guys um, got to, you knew um, to get your plane tickets and fly out. Um, tell me about that day that he was born. Oh, so wonderful. So wonderful. So um, we had been talking to our birth mother for a few weeks before that and she didn't speak English so we worked with an interpreter and that was really neat um, just trying to form a connection with her when there's very limited amount of words that we could use so yeah. if we ever texted it was with emojis and pictures oh <laughs> yeah it's really fun though and um we get to the hospital. They're super early. I actually think the night shift nurses were still on. Because you were so shift. excited? Yes. And they're looking <laughs> at us going, you don't have to be there for another three hours. I'm like, I know, but I couldn't sleep. <laughs> so, um, our sleep birth mother and the interpreter come in, and we just hug her. And, I mean, all these emotions are rushing through you. And then, but you're also wanting to be respectful of your birth mother because, you know, it's like that for her, but times 10. Mm -hmm. So we're just wanting to love her and just pray for her. And that's what we did while we waited in the waiting room. So she got called back and I had been told about a week before, you know, she's open to having you in the delivery room. Would you like that? And I said, I would love that. I mean, but it's obviously whatever she wants to do. Like, I don't want to make her uncomfortable, you know, whatever's best for her, I will do. So we then find out that only one other person was allowed in the delivery room. So funny story, Jason had been trying to learn 
Marshallese, just a little bit. There you go. And it's such a, um, I mean, foreign language, <laughs> and there is no way to learn it except through YouTube. I mean, yeah, like, there's, there's no not a Rosetta, Rosetta Stone. Stone. Yeah. There's no Google Translate. And so he's trying to pick out random things so he can say, hi, goodbye. You know, very, very limited, basic. I get a text from the interpreter saying, okay, how good is Jason's Marshallese? <laughs> and I look at him, he goes, no. <laughs> it's like, not that good. Not yeah. that good. So we're laughing about it. And she said, well, are you okay with me being in there? I said, absolutely. She needs to be with someone that can understand what's going on and tell that to her. And, well, birth mom found out and she said, no, no, no. I want Suzanne in the room. I don't Aww. need to know. I know they're going to take care of me. Suzanne needs to be in the room. And I just melt after that and just in gratitude and just thanking God for every single little blessing. So I, you know, get all scrubs on and walk in the delivery room and sat there you know, behind the curtain and um, birth happens and Beckham is healthy and screaming and it was absolutely beautiful and so we were then brought into the recovery room and that was a really great time because it was me Jason and birth mom and it was just us three with the doctor you know doing everything she needs to do with Beckham and that was wonderful spending that time with her and just kind of passing Beckham around and he was alert for a long time so he's just staring at us and Aww. we're just completely in awe and and just thanking God the whole time there are no words to describe how wonderful that time was so we spent um, the night in the hospital with him and um, birth mother was there too so we would pass him back between rooms and that was really great and then we left and went to Joel and Ann's house and then waited. We waited the 72 hours. Yeah, what was that like? It was a little nerve-wracking, but we had a lot of peace. We had peace because we had already made a connection with our birth mother, mm -hmm. and we trusted her. We trusted our lawyer, and um, I don't know. Like I don't look back on it thinking, like, oh, my goodness, you know, hours are ticking by and we just prayed and we're like okay I mean we gotta make a connection while we can with him so we just spent the time being a little family of three but once the 72 hours hit though we were we were praising and that's when we got to announce that he was born and so that was oh. really great being able to finally share it with everyone yeah so and during this at that process point, sorry you also realized um or your lawyer only does open adoptions and he made yes. you aware of that. Um, was that hard? Or did you, you know, I know you said you made a connection with her. So that's awesome. But what, were you planning on that? What, how did that look for you guys? Um, we were planning on initially a semi-open adoption. So we had been preparing for that because that's what CAC likes to work with. And they say that this is not only for you, this is for the birth parents and so we we're kind of prepping along those lines, but as far as full on open, I was a little nervous and mm -hmm. finally had to, had to talk with a few people who had done this before. And finally someone just said, Suzanne, you gotta be Jesus. And this woman may not see Jesus in anyone, but you and Jason I said, yeah. okay, there's the gospel. Yeah, there it is. 
There you go. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're like, yep. and okay, we're in. <laughs> okay. Yep. Thank you for preaching to me. Now we'll go. <laughs> yeah. So we then found out that open adoption looks different for everyone. And you can kind of see what works best for your family and for the birth parents. And so for us, um, we do what works best for us. And that um, is really good. We have a really good relationship with her. And, um, you know, it's funny. We heard some things where, are you, are you sure you want to do open? You know, doesn't that mean the mom can come back and get him anytime she wants? No, 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 no. All the papers are signed. It's all legal. It's just that mm-hmm. she knows who he is for the rest of his life. And I do kind of love knowing that when Beckham is older and he asks, can I meet her? We can say, yes, absolutely. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go meet her. And if you want a relationship with her, let's make it happen. And I I would love that. I would love for him to have a relationship with her the rest of his life, because what's better than having, you know, not only just one mom, but two that love him so dearly with all of their hearts. So I'm hoping that is our future with her and, um, Yeah, Yeah, that's a great attitude to have. So how long did you guys end up staying in Arizona before you got to come back to Florida? We stayed a total of 10 days. So I'm trying to think. I remember July 4th was a Wednesday and we left that Friday. So Friday morning, we got the call saying that we were cleared. And so we got on the internet and booked our flights home, flew out that afternoon and I love that my college roommate was in Orlando at the time. So I called her, like, pick us up in the airport tonight. And her and her husband came. So that was special, spending time with friends. Yes, absolutely. Right. Yes, right when he was born in this awesome time. So then we came home, and we then we did life with a newborn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speak really candidly. What's that like, coming home with a newborn that you had a month to prepare for? Well, it when I look back on it, it was awesome, and but a lot of no sleep. Hashtag team no sleep for a yeah. long, time. <laughs> long time. I don't actually don't think we're out of it yet. I don't think we'll be out of it for a while. I remember yeah. one of Jason's best friends said, "Welcome to the club." So, um, newborn life is hard though because, like I said in the beginning, I. I'm a person where you have to tell me, go, go, go. You do, you're doing, doing a great job. And I'm caring for this child with everything that I have. And I'm getting nothing. Yeah. <laughs> because they can't give you anything. All they can do is eat and sleep and cuddle. Yeah. And that was difficult. And But once Beckham started smiling, I was like, yes, we're getting somewhere. Yes, she <laughs> loves us. Getting something in return. <laughs> yes, but that is also... God is teaching me so many things, so many things about patience, so many things about marriage. I mean, someone had to tell me, you and your husband are on the same team and you need to remember that because you two are going to have two different ideas sometimes on what looks best and you have to have grace with each other and just, just keep going. It's, it's going to be wonderful. And it, it is, it's absolutely wonderful, but yes, like there are definitely the hard days where I did not want to wake up in the middle of the night at all. Yeah. <laughs> the same with Jason. Actually, we came home on a Saturday and he left the next morning for a church camp. Oh. So 
he was gone that whole week. <laughs> but so thankful my mom came and my aunt lived in the town that we were at. So it was all three of us. That was a really special time. Just girls. Yeah. And then and, since you guys were in Florida, Hurricane Irma hit right after that, right? Yes. <laughs> oh, so <my> word. <laughs> this was July. Hurricane Irma hit right beginning of September, which we moved into a new house in the middle of that. I mean, it was just wild. Those are we crazy. Even... Yes. <laughs> I know. I'm like, God, what are you doing here? What's the plan? So we move into a new house. We had to go to a youth rally in Orlando. Then we came home on a Sunday. Jason's parents came to visit that Sunday night. Then Monday and Tuesday roll around, and we start seeing the weather. We're like, mm, this isn't good. Yeah. So Jason's parents left on a Tuesday. We met up with them super early in the morning that Wednesday, and Beckham and I um, went to Nashville, stayed with family to evacuate, and then Jason got called up for National Guard duty. So he was working a bunch of shelters and things like that. So yeah. a lot of transitions and <laughs> still transitions. learned how to sleep in a car seat real well. Yeah, yeah, I bet. So you guys did a lot um, when you first got home, and there was a lot going on. And I think the newborn experience is probably, I, you know, I can't speak to that yet, but I think it's probably difficult for everybody, whether adopting or or having a child naturally. And then on top of that, um, a lot of transition for you guys and, and a hurricane, just for kicks. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you, when you guys got home, you did um, a really cool campaign with both hands. Um and tell me about that organization a little bit more and what you guys did, because that's really cool. Yes, Both Hands is awesome. They are a company based in Nashville that help with adoptions for fundraising purposes. So they take the verse that I mentioned before, true and undefiled religion is taking care of the widows and orphans. So if you are adopting a child and you want to fundraise, it's kind of like a sponsorship where you send out letters, you get a team of people and you all send out letters and say, Hey, will you sponsor me to then take care of this widow's home? So you find a widow in your community that needs anything from painting her house to yard work to whatever it is and whatever you realize that you guys can do on your team. And you spend a whole day just working on her home. And that was the coolest experience because normally when you do a both hands campaign, you do it before the baby is born. So, you know, you're adopting and you're trying to raise money, mm -hmm. but for us, we didn't have time. We did yeah. not have time to fundraise as we saw a lot of other people do. So both hands was wonderful in letting us do our project after Beckham was born. But we think that was even cooler because he was there and he was in my Solly wrap all wrapped up in his plate. But it was really neat going back and thinking like he was he was actually there and our sweet widow that we had, oh, we loved her and she was taking care of two of her grandkids and so they were running around and they were helping out. They had a blast. They're like, all these people are here to help fix our home. This is so cool. Oh, yeah. It was really neat bringing the community into it and them seeing firsthand how an adoption can look. So it was really fun and they're an they're an awesome awesome company yes okay and then just take us to where you are now um as a couple you started in nashville you moved to florida and somehow i'm still trying to wrap my head around it you're in north carolina 
um, yes. as we're speaking on the phone right now. So how did this come to be? Um, how did you guys end up in North Carolina? <laughs> so God, yeah, God put again, hundred <laughs> percent. Yes, God does it all. Um, we quickly realized with a quick adoption, um, you have to come up with money very quickly. So we had to do that, and um, we didn't have time to fundraise. And so we quickly realized that we we're going to need we we're going to need to somehow pay the bills and. That is a way that adoption looks different for everyone is for us. Um, we didn't have a chance to fundraise, so we had to figure out how we were going to come up with money. And that's totally okay because that's just us trusting in God. And my husband, um, he's in the National Guard. And he realized, well, not realized, he knew that he can work for the military doing what he does, being trained for the National Guard. And so we started realizing, you know, we're going to have to look at something that's going to pay the bills. And so we started looking around and found a couple of different opportunities. And we decided on one that was actually in Georgia. We're supposed to move to Georgia. And we announced to the church that we are moving. And that was really sad. We got connected to the teenagers. And we absolutely love them and are thankful that we still get to keep in touch with them regularly but um we start the moving process and during this time we're still waiting to finalize Beckham's adoption so with adoptions it's you wait a long time yeah. um to finalize and it can take anywhere from a few months to a year so for us, we kind of felt like, okay, we're done. But in the back of our room, we're thinking, okay, we're still technically his legal guardians. So we were working with it, Lori in Florida. He was fantastic. And he calls us one day and said, okay, um, I have a court date for you guys. And it's going to be next Tuesday. And that's the, the first part of the finalization. And then the second part will be in about three days after that on a Friday. So we were thinking, okay, we're supposed to move this Friday. <laughs> And we decided that I was going to stay in Florida for the weekend and Jason was going to take our stuff up to Georgia and then come back down and we we're going to go to court. So we then go to court that Tuesday and that Tuesday morning, Jason got a phone call from the company in Georgia saying, um, you know, we got your official contract, go ahead and sign it. And he said, okay, I'll do it once we leave court. And when we're at court, we were told by the lawyer, hey, I think I can just go ahead and finalize y'all today. I think the judge is going to be okay with that. I think, oh, really? Like, we don't have to wait any longer? And the judge was okay with it. He said, yeah, let's go ahead and finish this out now. And so we're, mm -hmm. like, we walk out just on a high. We're so happy. We're like, we're going to leave tomorrow. And then Jason gets a phone call from a North Carolina number that um, it was in company that he had applied for and he was originally told, you know, we're sorry, we're going to go with somebody else and we were okay with that. That's why we chose Georgia. And they said, um, we made a mistake. You're actually supposed to come here. We're supposed to hire you. And he's going, what? Yeah. I just took and, a whole U-Haul to Georgia. <laughs> yes. And he said, man, like, I have an apartment. Like, we've already moved up there like are you are you sure and he said how can we get you up here I said okay um you, you gotta do all this stuff you gotta move us so we're just dying just thinking like oh do we really want to do this though because i had wrapped my head around georgia i was mm -hmm. pretty solid like 
we're going there. We're going to have a new life there. And so just completely transitioning to North Carolina was crazy. But that just seems to be a pattern of our life. (laughs) (laughs) Crazy because I actually used to live in North Carolina. My dad was stationed here because I'm an Air Force brat. And so I'm thinking, well, I went to kindergarten there. That's about all I know. Yeah. And that was what 20 25 years ago so we then um call our families and say never mind we're going to north carolina so we drive to georgia on a wednesday we pack up the stuff that was in the apartment and actually the exact same u-haul truck the u-haul guys were laughing at us saying weren't you just renting the same truck (laughs) (laughs) said never mind we need it again (laughs) and move all of our stuff up to fate or north carolina and um, get there on a Friday, and then Saturday, this was another God thing, was not only was this job a better opportunity for Jason, so we're like, yes, we can pay the bills. Um, Jason said, hey, will you look up a church for us to go to? This was a Saturday, and I said, sure. And so I'm looking, and we find one, and we go on Sunday morning, and it was like God was saying, all right, you're home. We found it. Oh, yeah. And I just remember sitting during the sermon in tears thinking, this is where we're supposed to be. And then that night we went to a small group and they said, oh, wow, y'all just moved here like yesterday. I said, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> that Thursday was Thanksgiving and this wonderful family who now are probably our best friends here. They said, why don't you come over? Why don't you just like come over for Thanksgiving? I'm like, you don't even know us. Are you sure? And he said, no, it's a bunch of us in, in a military community. It's so cool how people just welcome me in their homes because all of us are without our families here. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us can't go yeah. home for holidays. So you just kind of deal with the cards you've been dealt with and love on the people that you have in your life at that time every day. So we are invited to Thanksgiving, we go, and then it's just been absolutely amazing ever since. And the same group of people that we had Thanksgiving with are the people that we do life with now. Yeah. So it's been absolutely wonderful. And I think you even mentioned this to me, you said, when you're, um, you know, with the military, it's, you or wherever you're stationed, you kind of get deep really quick because the alternative is to be on your own because your family's not there and you do have to move around sometimes. And so I just love that mindset of just getting, getting deep with somebody really quick and getting transparent with someone really quick. And, um, I love that you're, they're still your close friends. Yes. And it's, it's absolutely great because I was having a conversation with a friend last week and we're having a wonderful conversation just about how God has worked in the messiest parts of our lives. And we're talking about our past and stuff. And she said, wait a second, we've known each other for four months. How are we having this conversation right now? I said, it's God. God knows that we somehow have to survive in a transient community. And he's saying, okay, you're going to do it and this is how you're going to do it. And you're gonna just going to love on the people and just let me work. If you let the Lord work in your friendships and in your lives, um, it's going to be a beautiful thing. Yeah. Wow. You guys are just like so obedient to everything God has called you to do, whether that's, you know, move three times and cross state lines, adopt a baby. And I just, 
thank you for for sharing this story. I'm so appreciative of of your example and and your friendship. And I just want to ask you our last couple of questions um, that I ask everybody. Tell me what is strong to you? What is strength? What does that look like? Oh, well, I can say CrossFit women, they're super strong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yes. dude, they really are. And I'm always jealous of them when I see them. Uh-huh. But strong to me is... Oh, so many things, but I think of moms, I think of moms in so many different ways. Like right now I see military moms who they have three, four, we have friends that have six kids and they're so cool, but they deal with their husbands being gone a whole lot. I mean, it's just everyday life. I mean, we were talking to people last night. It's like, Oh, my husband's leaving for a month at this time. My husband just left for a deployment. My husband just got back mm-hmm. and they just have to do life like that and it's normal so that is strength and the people that surround them I see are strength but then also just moms in general I mean it's hard yeah. and how do you have one kid yeah I can't imagine I know I kind of want to call my mom and apologize and go I'm sorry I feel like I should have respected you more and told you thank you a whole lot more than I ever did yes absolutely oh my gosh yeah. and then tell me um what's beautiful where do you see beauty Oh, I see beauty in what God does. And again, that's, that's a whole lot of things. I see beauty in our adoption. I see beauty. Well, I see beauty in every adoption because it is all God ordained. Um, mm-hmm. I see beauty in every mother who is trying her hardest just to, you know, have one day. And I read a book the other day. and It's like, are you alive? Are your kids alive? All right, you're good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, show gratitude um, for that. Yes, so beauty is is everything that God does. Yeah, and He is He is all all in all. So mm-hmm. everything. Well, I just want to thank you again. I really appreciate you coming on here and just sharing this beautiful story. There are so many moments that just give me chills. Whether it's money showing up for you guys or um, people or just people inviting you into your homes. It's just such a beautiful story. And um, just thank you again for sharing it. I'm so appreciative. I just love Suzanne and that story so much. I love seeing how God worked to put the perfect baby in their hands at the perfect time, even if it seems crazy to everybody else. So if you want to see Suzanne and her adorable little family, um, you can check them out on Instagram at Suzanne E. King. And her blog is um, for kingdomandgrace.wordpress.com. And I'll have those linked in the episode notes. If you enjoyed listening, please rate and review this podcast in iTunes and check out some of the other strong and beautiful women who have been on if you haven't already. I want you to remember you are strong, beautiful, and so much more. Thanks, guys. Have a great week.